Welcome to the Becoming Mum podcast. I'm your host, first-time mum-to-be, Nicole Joy, author, teacher, and wellness advocate. And I'm here to support first-time mums, mums-to-be, and mums who want to be throughout their conception, pregnancy, birthing, and parenting journeys. I'm here to remind you that the path we end up taking may not quite match up to how we thought it would look, and that's perfectly okay. Each week, there will be honest and vulnerable chats about anything from supporting yourself through fertility treatments and morning sickness to hypnobirthing and sleep habits. This is your podcast to help support you through one of the most incredible and challenging stages of your life. Thank you for being here. I truly hope it makes a difference. Hey guys, and welcome to episode two of Becoming Mum. In this week's chat, I'm going to be pretty open about my experience with morning sickness with you. To be honest, I don't know that anything anyone could have said could have prepared me for how horrible I felt and how challenging it was. I actually joked on Instagram that it was like paying for a wild party that you never got to go to. Because for me, uh, up until I would say week 12, it's been a 24-7 hangover-like condition. You know, a horrible nausea that just doesn't lift. You know, I, I wanted to vomit and my mouth went all cotton wool and I stood in front of the toilet and I thought, all right, this is going to happen. But it never did. Um, and my heart goes out to, and I absolutely salute, salute rather, mamas who have HG, a condition where they are put in hospital because of the continuous vomiting. They have to go on a drip. I mean, I wasn't that bad, but... And I can't even imagine going through that. So this is my experience, which I'm sure there will be a lot of people that will say that they've had a a far more challenging experience. But I wanted to share with you uh, what I have been going through probably since week six. At the time of recording this, I'm almost week 16 and it's only really eased up in the last week and a bit. I still wouldn't say I'm completely nausea free, though, you know, I'm sort of 80 to 90% better, which is a win for me. So I'm going to talk to you today about what works for me, what didn't work, (laughs) the food, the food component is is rather large uh, and important, general things about that I, that I found in my experience to be true when it comes to morning sickness. But the The number one thing that I want to say to you, this episode is not going to be about things that are going to magically take your morning sickness away from you. Nothing does that. And I, I wish I had come to that understanding previous to, to now, uh, because I was trying all these things thinking that they would take it away. Nothing takes it away. Things take the edge off and make it a little more bearable, but, uh, there's certainly nothing that I have found nor with lots of the women that I've spoken to, uh, have they found anything that actually magically takes it away. So probably the biggest thing, which was hard for me and it definitely didn't happen in the first four weeks, which were the most challenging, was just surrendering to the fact that this is how I was going to feel and there was no end in sight. And that was probably the hardest thing for me because that, that the unknown or thinking that this could last for nine months actually uh, really upset me. And I'll talk more a little bit about that later. But one thing that I do want to bring up um, straight away is that, and I'm sure you've heard it, particularly if you've been pregnant, the sicker you are, the healthier the baby. It's great that you're sick. Okay, that's garbage. 
And saying it to someone who's sick, A, doesn't make them feel any better. And two, it's not true. Particularly, you make a woman worry because if she's one of the, let's say, fortunate women that don't uh, get any morning sickness at all, they're thinking, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my baby? And I know plenty of women who didn't get an ounce of morning sickness and have had perfectly healthy children. So it's a myth. It's one of those things that, oh, you're only sick if you've got girls because I've had plenty of um, friends have baby boys that were also really sick. So again, it's one of those myths. If you've been saying it to someone, don't say it anymore. Just a little tip. So some of the things that worked for me, uh, acupuncture weekly, definitely. It Again, at at first I was expecting it to take it away entirely. And the first couple of times I was thinking that it wasn't doing much. Like I love my acupuncture treatment and I always feel amazing, you know, in terms of relaxed and refreshed afterwards. But the first couple of times I didn't feel that the nausea lifted um, a lot for me. However, I've got friends that say after a session they were good for that week where that certainly wasn't my case but the week that I did miss it in those early days um hubby even said to me I've really noticed that you haven't been um you've been worse this week so it it definitely balanced me out but didn't give me that immediate relief but it, it, it was overall it was something that I I enjoyed and did every week um you'll see different recommendations for this but vitamin b6 can actually help with nausea and i look i added it to my morning and um evening supplement routines i i don't know whether it worked a whole lot but i wasn't keen to give it up and that's the thing with a lot of these natural alternatives is you kind of try them all and just hope that one of them will work and you're and you don't really drop any of them (laughs) so it's it's more of using a whole different range of things and hoping that the combination of those uh, things will actually help you feel better. So again, of course, speak to your healthcare professional or provider before taking any supplements or doing anything. Again, this is not strict medical advice. This is just my um, experience. Eating as soon as you open your eyes. Now, I've spoken to lots of women and this this has made a big difference. Uh, in, in the mornings, I was lucky enough to have hubby on long service leave when I was going through my worst. So he would wake up before me. Being a surfer, he's always up early. He would wake up before me. By the time I woke up, he would normally have a cup of tea and some crackers or biscuits for me. And that that definitely helped. I've spoken to women who... Literally, as soon as they open their eyes, they want to vomit. (laughs) That wasn't me. Um, And some people would literally sort of fumble to the bed stand, get the dry cracker, eat it lying down and then um, and then sit up. So that could be something that you may want to try. But if you're hungry, the nausea will like triple or quadruple. So eating small, frequent meals was obviously very important. And you do feel like you're eating all day. I know that I did, particularly in that first four to six weeks. And I'll get more to about more um, specific about the food a bit later on. But uh, it, if you're not eating all of the time, you allow yourself to get hungry, which just intensifies that nausea. So eating lots, um, if of course, if you can, if you can keep it down. Uh, a thing that I tried early on 
um, one of the first things I would do in the morning is hypnosis for morning sickness. And I'll link to the show notes, the actual uh, recordings that I did. So Grace Smith, a lot of you would know that I love her and her hypnosis tracks. She's got a great one. And there's also a guy. Now it's a, I have to warn you, it's a little weird trying to actually make sense of what he's saying at the start will just confuse you. So just go with it. It's, um, I remember the first time I did it. I don't know if it was because it was the first time I did it. I, I had like two to three hours of immediate relief after that. So it's, um, look, it's not for everybody, but when you're desperate, you will try anything. So hypnosis for morning sickness, uh, or music tracks for, for nausea. You just, just look them up on YouTube and, and plug your, your earphones in anything, anything that you, um, think may help you'll try, particularly when you're not feeling that great. That's what I did anyway. Um, so hypnosis and then the seasick bands, they actually really helped to me. So that's on, um, an acu- uh, acupressure point, which is, it's about, uh, I think it's three finger lengths from your wrist crease down your forearm and they're little bands. They're the ones that you can purchase to, before you go on like a cruise or something. And, I found that putting them on before I sat up in the morning would really help in the morning and then throughout the afternoons, particularly as my as my pregnancy went on, I found that, so at first it was all day, it was like 24-7 for those first four to six weeks. Then it kind of, you know, the mornings I kind of had, which is weird because they call it morning sickness, so I wasn't sick maybe up until 9 a.m. in the morning, so it was, it was in... Um, it was a good habit for me to get into to get up early because at least I'd have two to three hours of not feeling sick. Um, but then as I progressed, the afternoons and the evenings became really bad. So then I'd, I'd pop the bands on in the afternoons as well. So they helped me. Um, another little trick too is perhaps to take your prenatal vitamins at night. I know some of the, the vitamins and minerals in those supplements can cause nausea, make you feel even more sick. So taking them at night instead of in the morning uh, could be something that could um, work for you. Um, magnesium spray. And oh, look, I don't know. Again, I used it in conjunction with all of these other things, but I read online um, in quite a few places that it worked. So um, rather than a magnesium supplement, the research that I did was a magnesium spray is absorbed easier into the body. So that's what I got. I got a high quality magnesium spray and would put that on after my showers in the evenings. Um, and oh, the other thing, and you've got to get really good at this and you probably, as you progress through pregnancy and motherhood, you will because your priorities will shift but saying no to things. There were so many things that I didn't go to because I just, I couldn't. I was, you know, obviously not feeling very well and couldn't bear the thought of holding conversation with someone while I was, you know, wanting to vomit all over them. So don't think that you need to go to social engagements when you're going through it. Don't push yourself to go to things. Don't try to make yourself feel better. This is like the one or, you know, only a couple handful of times in your life where you really need to put yourself um, and your baby first. So saying no to things is, is a big one. I'm very grateful that I work from home and my doTERRA business allows me to do that. So I I didn't have a job per se to go to. Again, saluting the mamas out there that do like my old profession teaching. I can't imagine 
trying to manage a classroom when feeling the way that I did. Um, I was actually couch bound, pretty much couch bound for the first four weeks anyway. And upon the excellent recommendation from my acupuncturist, I got Grace and Frankie, which is a a sitcom on Netflix. And that got me through the worst part. And that show is possibly one of the best television series I've ever watched. It's absolutely hilarious. So if you are fortunate enough to work from home and you you need um, some distraction, because that I was laughing so much during that. So that was a really beautiful welcome distraction. Uh, if you're able to to work from home and can do that for some reason, I I mean, what scrolling through my phone would make me feel sick. Working on the computer would make me feel sick. So I literally laid in front of the couch and um, binge watched Netflix. So if you can do that, um, definitely, definitely do it. And particularly, and even if you're thinking about, this is a little side note, but if you're thinking about having kids in, even if it's two to three years, maybe look at the benefits of a home-based business where you don't have to go to an office. I know when I started doTERRA nearly three years ago now, I, you know, obviously we're going through, we wanted kids, but we were struggling. But I thought if I can start this now, it means I don't have to do a job that I don't like. And by the time baby comes along, I'm going to have a great um, supplement uh, of an income or an income that's replaced everything else that I do. So just a little side note there, start planning early if you can. I know the pregnancies aren't always planned, but if you can. So oils, I get a lot of questions about oils and this podcast is not to debate the safety of oils during pregnancy. I have done my research. I use the best quality there is. Um, major associations have said the following that I will link to in my show notes. There is no evidence to suggest harm with oils during pregnancy, except there's obviously a handful of them. Obviously don't use those, but I don't know what I would have done without oils. And I know that a lot of my uh, doTERRA fam who've had children prior to having oils in their life just think, oh my gosh, I wish I had these in my life. And they compare pregnancies with later pregnancies where oils were in their life compared to ones where they weren't. And, you know, they noticed a big difference. So I'm just going to tell you what the ones that I used. Obviously, you don't use your cheap, crappy, cheap chop, Walmart, you know, the ones you buy on Amazon and, and eBay, all of that. Obviously, doTERRA goes without saying. So here's what I used. Orange, wild orange and peppermint for me were huge at the start, just smelling the wild orange. Even now, I mean, I've always loved wild orange at sunshine in a bottle, but those citrusy tones just really helped. Um, you know, if there was a real huge passing wave of, I want to vomit that would kind of curb it. And same with the peppermint. Um, early on it was peppermint. I would just smell it. Um, or I would have, so I've got a big one liter glass bottle. I would just put one drop of peppermint in there in with the water and shake it up every time before I drink it. And, um, that would sort of, I wouldn't do it every time I'd refill it because they're so strong that just one drop would last sort of half the day every time I refilled it. That sort of shifted for me, um, to spearmint later on. So peppermint is, yeah, a lot more in your face than spearmint. Spearmint's a little gentle, uh, a little more gentle. So that's, I sort of swapped um, peppermint for spearmint later on, but both of them straight from the bottle if you didn't want to drink them or diffusing them together. I mean, orange and wild, um, sorry, wild orange and peppermint have always been a favorite combination of mine and I would always have that diffusing. 
Uh, orange and frankincense, again, in the diffuser or a drop in the palm of my hand. I've spoken about those two together as part of my meditation rituals anyway. So that, that stayed there. Uh, balance on the bottom of my feet and back of neck. Balance is our grounding blend. And there's some uh, there's a really great, actually, I'll link to it in the show notes. There's a really great video of of showing what balance um, does to the bloodstream. Um, I believe it's a minute or so after it's applied to the soles of a person's feet. And so that I know that that's really doing something for me. Um, the There's two blends. One's called Beautiful and one's called Brave. And that's part of the kids collection. It, it, it must be the osmanthus because that's an ingredient in both of them and I couldn't get enough of them. I would, because both of them come in roller bottles, so they're already diluted with fractionated coconut oil, I would actually rub that along the top, my top lip so I would keep and continue to smell that. Um, Digestin uh, for me, particularly when I th- really think I got a lot of, not heartburn, but um, acid reflux and just just feeling queasy. I mean, digestion is the, 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 sorry, the digestive support blend. So I found that rubbing that over my tummy or smelling that again, straight from the bottle or making a tea with that would really help. So again, I've used oils for over five, six years now, and that wasn't something that I introduced as soon as I was pregnant. I, that's probably something if you've never, ever, ever used oils, I probably wouldn't be doing all of what I just suggested there. But, um, you know, definitely, I mean, just diffusing them can make all the difference and just having a little bottle that you can smell. I know that a lot of um, friends have said the same with grapefruit and lemon, just smelling that can really ease the nausea for them. So that's a great little thing to have. When I had, and this didn't, this actually um, didn't start until Oh, maybe say three weeks ago. So like week 13, I started getting bomb headaches. I've never suffered from headaches. I've never had a migraine before, but, and I I don't know if you could technically call what I've had in the last couple of weeks of migraines, but they feel like a bloody migraine to me. So, you know, the, there's that space between your eyes, almost behind your eyes and your temples just feels like someone's knocking at it with a hammer your nausea actually increases and every time you move it's just like boom your head is just going to explode and I've probably had three really big ones since yeah say week 13 and um, again that's another (laughs) another lovely thing that we need to endure during uh, during pregnancy so that's when uh, copaiba or copaiba however you would like to pronounce that that and frankincense was really helpful either on the back of my neck obviously on my um, temples and the space between my eye um, and the past tense blend as well I would use that which is the headache blend so they're all of the oils that I, I used and um, would definitely use on a daily basis. So some of the things that didn't work for me, a lot of people said, look, if you're that nauseous, try the anti-nausea medication like Maxalon. And there was one day where I had to do it because I thought, oh my God, I can't deal. And I will never try that again because I got the worst headache like an hour afterwards. And I had this headache lasted for like eight to 10 hours. So Maxillon did not work for me. And the more that I spoke to other women about it, a lot of them said the same thing, that it gave them a really bad headache. So again, not for everybody, um, but that's certainly my experience. Um, I tried those little homeopathic sprays under the tongue and the little um, like anti-nausea pellet um, that would sit under your tongue and dissolve. They didn't do anything for me. 
uh, I was tried uh, I was told to try celery sticks um, just munching on celery I, I don't know that that did much for me either um, food let's get on to food I have a big list here I was like oh when I was preparing for this episode I was like oh my gosh there is so much that happened <laughs> um, all right so this is the time in your life where you do not have to be counting calories and restricting yourself and being guilty or feeling guilty for what you're putting into your body and I found this obviously quite tough at the start because of the amount of and what I was eating and when I opened up to my beautiful Instagram family about the fact that I had drive through McDonald's three times in a row in one week had the large double cheeseburger meals I had naturopaths and nutritionists like super healthy people reach out to me and say, honey, when I was sick, I did, uh, sorry, when I was pregnant, I did the same thing. They're like, it doesn't matter. It's, you know, what matters most is your health and your nutrition before you get pregnant. This little period of time now, it's not going to matter. We can rectify it in the later trimesters. So that made me feel really good. And actually just doing my own research and reading other people's pregnancy blogs, you know, I did, I came across full strict vegans that went, just started eating McDonald's and chocolate and all that sort of thing. Um, and again, yeah, naturopaths and nutritionists that never, ever, ever, ever thought that they would, they did. And I promise you, I was one of those people that said, I will never have McDonald's. I can't believe people have McDonald's when they're pregnant. How terrible. Judgy McJudgy, that came back and bit me in the butt. I had McDonald's. It was only for one week, but I still had McDonald's. So eat all the things that you need to eat. Um, definitely my advice is to be on a good, at least you're getting your prenatal vitamins, right? And any other supplements that you may want. Um, I was lucky enough that fruit for me was a constant. I became a bit of a fruit bat and I kept eating fruit the whole way through. Um, but things like broccoli and baby spinach and salads, it was like, no, definitely not in those first four to six weeks. Um, this little baby girl of mine has eaten around the world. Like there were times where I'd be like, at last minute, I was like, I want Chinese or I want Japanese or I want Indian. Uh, she's tried everything. <laughs> There were days where I had loaves of bread to myself, um, really obsessed with sourdough toasted with butter, thinly sliced tomato, salt and pepper. Could just demolish a loaf of sourdough like that. Um, there was a day where I had half a kilo of mozzarella cheese. Um, oh, hot chips, you know, hot chip sandwiches. So I'd put the hot chips together in bread with tomato sauce. Crazy. Um, yeah, so just... Uh, don't beat yourself up about what you eat. And I know there are some people out there that don't go through any of this. And that is, that's, that's hard to see and to hear. And my advice there would be try not to compare yourself, um, particularly on those days where you're doing nothing. And if you're mindlessly scrolling, what I did lesson learned would I'd come across other women, um, just searching the hashtag, because when I put up my photos, I'd hashtag, you know, 13 weeks pregnant, 14, 15 weeks, whatever it was. And I'd click on that hashtag to see all the other women around the world that were also at the same time as me. And I would see girls who have, you know, still had a six pack and that were talking about how much training they were doing and how healthy they felt. And that made me feel terrible. Um, so don't compare yourself. Okay. This is the time where you just need to do what your body asks of you and know that you can, you can write all of that a little bit later on. Um, 
meal planning for me went out the window and I'm such a big meal planner because I know how much that helps. You keep on track. It's, it alleviates so much stress around meal times because you know what you're having. I'm big meal, big meal planner. Um, couldn't do it. Literally couldn't do it. I've only just started doing it in the last couple of weeks. I couldn't think about food before I actually wanted to eat it. So I couldn't wake up in the morning and think, oh, I'm going to have burrito bowls tonight or I'm, you know, we'll have steak and salad tonight because I, I couldn't think of it. So that and I, I appreciate that not everyone has the opportunity to do that because we live pretty much across the road from a supermarket so we can go and get stuff whenever we want. Uh, hubby was amazing there. <laughs> and, um, you know, if I sort of woke up from my afternoon nap, which I had lots of, and go, I want chicken pasta or something like that. He'd go down to the shops and get it for me. So I appreciate that not everybody has access to that. Uh, but that that's how I dealt with that. There was no way I was meal planning. Um, I didn't have any, I get asked a lot if I had any cravings. I mean, as I said, I just couldn't get enough of fruit. Oh, actually green apples, cold green apples. So Granny Smith apples were made me feel really good. Um, just while I was eating them, it always kind of subsided as soon as I stopped eating cold green apples. And there's a brand of, um, ice blocks called proud as punch. And it's just all real fruit juice. And they were, they were a savior uh, early on. So just having something cold to, to suck on, um, or to munch on kind of alleviated that nausea. Uh, oh, cucumbers. Sorry, cucumbers. I... <laughs> I'd like have two or three in a day. The big, long continental cucumbers, I would peel them, cut them in quarters, um, sea salt, and just down them, like smash them like they were an apple. So that was probably the weirdest thing that I had. Um, but everything else was just sort of specific, different foods. Um, as I said, she's eaten around the world already. <laughs> so uh, some general things um, about morning sickness. I cried a lot. As I said, in the first, uh, definitely that first month, I, the amount of times I'd cry into my hubby's arms, just going, I, ca I can't do this. I don't know how much longer I can do this. And I guess being a really healthy, well person for such a long time to feel so debilitated 24 seven was just overwhelming. And I couldn't understand how I would go on it, like to do it for nine months because, you know, particularly when I hear all the stories of ladies going, yeah, I, I felt like that for the whole nine months. I just, I can't imagine. So I'm very grateful that just in this last sort of week, I have started to feel a whole lot better, a lot more like my old self. And, you know, I'm nearly 16 weeks. So don't, my biggest advice, do not believe that at week 12, everything's going to magically go away for you. And you enter the second trimester full of um, health and vitality and energy and no nausea. That happens for a very small percentage of people, but it, don't have that as your, let's get to week 12, I can do it because it may last longer than that. Like I'm nearly week 16. Uh, and actually between sort of week 15 to 16 was what most women were telling me it's when they started. So even though traditionally we think, you know, 12 weeks, it all ends. Um, it's more like, yeah, week 15, 16, 17, 18, and, and some, some ladies 20 weeks. And as I said, unfortunately for some all the way through, um, the last thing that I want to touch on to wrap today's episode up is if you are feeling sick 
and you know you're talking about it and you're telling people that it's awful and maybe you're just speaking about it with your your girlfriends your mum your partner just because you're feeling sick and acknowledging that does not mean that you are not grateful you're growing bones. You're growing a human. It's not meant to be easy. I appreciate that it is easier for some, but you're allowed to complain if you're not feeling well. Just because you've had a hard time falling pregnant doesn't mean you're not allowed to express how you're feeling. Um, I, you know, I received a few comments about, you know, just be grateful and it's, you know, I know again, best intentions. I spoke about it in episode one. People tend to say things that they don't really think too much about, but it, it doesn't, you know, I don't need to feel guilty that I'm feeling sick. I'm human. Like, of course I feel grateful, but I feel sick. If I'm wanting to throw up on you, I'm, I'm, being grateful is not going to change that. Of course, I'm grateful. A hundred percent. Of course I am. And I think about that a lot, but from a practical standpoint, it's not very helpful. So please, if you're out there and you're having a hard time and you're feeling though, you're feeling as though you can't express that, please express that you're a human being. You feel things. We know that you're grateful. Okay. So hopefully, again, just like episode one, there's some things in there that can really help you. If you believe that this episode could help someone that you know that might be going through morning sickness, I would absolutely love it if you could share this episode with them. And again, if you're feeling so inclined, if you've gotten a lot of value from this episode, if you could go over onto iTunes and leave me a review, that would be amazing. Head over to my Instagram at Nicole Joy Inspire and let me know in the comments what your biggest takeaway from this episode was. Don't forget, you can find all of the show notes over on my website, NicoleJoyInspire.com forward slash podcast and simply click on episode two. I cannot wait for you to hear next week's episode. I've got a very special guest, but until then, be kind to yourselves.